Hello guys, it's Katie and welcome back to another episode of Crime and Crochet. This week we're going to be talking about the case that has been very popular throughout the past two or three weeks and that is the case of Gabby Petito which started out as a missing persons case and recently became a homicide case. So with that, let's just get straight into this episode. So instead of starting this with when she was reported missing, I'm just going to be starting this with first off talking about her and her fiance and then their road trip and that whole timeline and then we'll get into when she was reported missing. So Gabby and her fiance Brian Laundrie both were from New York and from what I can find online they were together for about two years at the point of her going missing and they both lived in Northport, Florida for a while with Brian's family and Eventually, in June of this year, they decided that they were going to get this van and renovate it, and after they did that, they set off from New York, where they were from, and started their cross-country road trip. They went to all kinds of cool places. I mean, they were at Monument Rocks, which is in Kansas. They were at several different hot springs, all kinds of national parks, and it seemed like through her Instagram and through her blog that she was trying to start and all of the social media postings, if you looked at them before this case came out to the public, you would have thought they were having a perfect relationship and that everything was perfect in their lives, but it definitely was not. So on August 12th, we know for sure that they were in Moab, Utah, because on that day, they were spotted by just a stranger as they were leaving a store, and that person had actually called 911 to report a domestic violence situation, saying that he saw the male hit the female, and saying they were in a white van and had a Florida license plate, all of that. So they tracked them down after they left and stopped them on the side of the road, asked them both what was going on. She was crying hysterically, saying things like she was just really stressed because she was trying to start a travel vlog and he didn't really believe in her that she could make money doing this. And she also has OCD and she was cleaning and he was aggravated at her for cleaning so much. And she was apologizing. All of this stuff, I mean, the body cam footage from the officer that stopped them is pretty much everywhere online. So if you want more details on what happened, obviously you can watch that. But personally, it seems like she's really in distress, even though... The police report actually reflected that she was the aggressor in this situation. To me, it seems like it was the other way around, and she just took the blame for it, and he let her take the blame for it, is what it seems like. 
But nonetheless, after this police body cam footage, you can see on the body cam and hear that the officer tells them that he wants them to separate. So they take him to a hotel room for the night and they have her take the van to some sort of place where she can park it and spend the night just so they can be separated since they were fighting. And after that, they get back together and continue their trip. There's been other sightings of people saying, I saw him by himself in this area and I saw them at this restaurant, whatever. There's been tons of stories of people coming out on TikTok and other social medias about that for time purposes. I'm not going to get into every single one of those, but there were a lot of sightings of them that people realized after this case become became so known that they realized they had actually seen them at some point on their trip. So the last week of August is the last time that Gabby's family hears from her. So on August 24th, Gabby FaceTimes her mom and tells her that they're leaving from Utah, headed to the Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. And the next day on August 25th, she gets multiple texts from Gabby. They're just having regular conversation back and forth. And the family says they did believe that she was in Wyoming at this point and that the texts were from her. So it was pretty normal for them to go maybe a day or two without talking because sometimes the reception would be bad in different areas. So just having one day in between texting each other wasn't that big a deal for Gabby's family, but they did hear from her again a day after, which would have been August 27th, and they had more texts just back and forth, normal conversation. She did not mention anything about leaving the area, and throughout their whole trip, Gabby was telling her mom where they were going to next, so they assumed that she was still in Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. And then on August 30th, they receive the last text from Gabby, her mother does, but she does not think that she wrote this. The text read, no service in Yosemite, which was not the national park they were at. So this was confusing to her family, obviously, because she had not mentioned anything about moving to a different state or anything like that so it was a very strange text for them to get but I guess they didn't think much of it they may have just thought that they didn't have good reception and they made it to Yosemite National Park throughout those three days that they hadn't talked there was also a text according to Gabby's mom that she also did not believe Gabby sent her it was a text regarding how she couldn't get a hold of her grandfather saying his first name instead of whatever she would normally call him, probably grandpa or papa or something. And that's why Gabby's mom thinks that that was not her daughter because she would never call him by his first name. She would always call him by whatever they called him. And I'm not exactly sure what day that was on, but that was another notable thing for me. So one pretty notable sighting was a woman by the name of Miranda Baker said that her and her boyfriend 
on August 29th were on their way to Jackson and Brian was hitchhiking and they had picked him up and they were all headed towards the same area they thought so he got in the back seat of their jeep and went with them and then once they figured out that they were going to Jackson Hole and he was going to Jackson he got pretty aggravated and asked them to stop saying he would just hitchhike with somebody else and that was the last time they saw him but that is pretty notable because August 29th is between that August 27th the last time her family heard from her and that August 30th when they got that text that they do not believe was from her. So the next thing that happens is on September 1st, Brian Laundry returns home to his parents' house in Northport, Florida, which according to Google Maps, that is a 34-hour drive. And the last time he was known to be in Wyoming was when those people saw him on the night of August 29th. So he must have left immediately to get there that quickly, I'm assuming. But of course, he returns home without Gabby and doesn't notify her parents of anything, doesn't call 911 saying she's missing or she refuses to go home with him, anything like that. He just packs up the van, which is in her name, not his name, and leaves back home. And nothing happens until September 11th when her parents report her missing. And when I watched the Dr. Phil interview with her dad, he had even said they tried to contact Brian, they tried to contact his parents, everything. Nobody replied. So that's when they reported their daughter missing. And I'm sure at this point, they're like, I'm sure they're just somewhere with bad signal, like trying to think of the best case scenario. But when nobody's replying, not even Brian's parents, when they're saying they're worried about their son and their daughter, then, you know, for me, that would be, well, it's more than just bad reception at this point. It has to be something bad has happened. So that's when they report her missing. And immediately, Brian and his family lawyer up. So yeah, Brian and his family do not help with the investigation at all. Don't even tell them where he last was with her, where he last saw her. Not a single thing. And not his parents either, which you know his parents had to know because he was in that house with them for 10 days after coming back from Wyoming without his fiance, that had lived in that house with him and his parents for like a year or a year and a half, whatever it was. So that's the part that is so frustrating. And I think one of the big reasons why this case has just captivated everybody around the whole world, because it's crazy to think that you could go from being engaged to somebody to not even helping in their case when they're missing. Anyways, moving on. So they did have their lawyer on September 16th just read a statement saying that they hope she was found and 
of course, Gabby's family is begging them, please at least just tell us where you last were with her, where you left with the van, so we know we're looking in the right place. They're just begging for any information, and of course, the family does not give them anything at all. The next day on September 17th, the laundry family ends up calling investigators and I'm sure they're thinking they're finally going to talk to us. We'll finally get some good leads on where to find Gabby. But their actual motive was to tell them that they had not seen their son since Tuesday, which when they called this in, it was Friday. So that means they had not seen him for four days. And his story when he left the house was that he was going hiking in a nature preserve that is absolutely huge called the Carlton Reserve. And they have been searching for him in this Carlton Reserve since the day after he was reported missing. So tomorrow, which is the day you guys are listening to this podcast episode, or at least the day it comes out, is a week of them searching for him in this reserve. Minus like Monday, they took the day off or whatever. But other than that, they've been searching for him nonstop in this reserve. And the only information they have basically that the public knows about is the parents' word that he was there and they even went and picked up his car from there because it had like a ticket or some sort of note on it saying that it had been there for too long. But other than that, they had not seen him since Tuesday and all they did was pick up his car and bring it back home so it wouldn't get a parking ticket or more parking tickets if it already had one. But that is all we know and all that the family has told investigators. On September 19th, two days after Brian was reported missing, there were remains found in Teton County, Wyoming, that they described as consistent of the description of Gabby Petito, but of course they couldn't come out and fully say that it was her until they had an autopsy, which the autopsy happened on Tuesday, and they did confirm that the remains found were Gabby Petito's. So throughout the week of the 20th and the 24th, investigators are at the laundry home almost every single day, whether they're just there talking to the parents Sometimes they are there taking out evidence boxes, all kinds of stuff they are doing, which hopefully is getting them closer to finding Brian. Because as of recording this episode, he has still not been found. And like I said earlier, this episode is coming out the day after recording it. So there probably aren't many more updates if you are listening to this on the day it's coming out, but nothing has really been found about where he is. They haven't even really seemed to find anything in the Carlton Reserve, any sort of evidence of him being there, let alone him. Also, something noteworthy is when they came out with the autopsy, they did rule the manner of death as homicide meaning she was killed. So they don't have a cause of death, 
which would be like gunshot wounds, strangulation, stab wounds. They have not announced that yet, which they said that would probably be something that would take a long time to figure out what the manner of death was because of how long her body was out in the elements. But as far as we know, the manner of death is homicide. And in a lot of people's minds, that means Brian is guilty automatically. In my mind, it kind of means that too. So the biggest development that has happened since the autopsy was on September 23rd. So two days later, And they actually put out a warrant for Ryan's arrest. So whenever they do find him, they can immediately take him into custody. Now, this warrant is not for murder or homicide or anything like that. It is actually for him being a suspect using a debit card that was not his. And it says that he charged $1,000 between September 30th and September 1st on this card. So they've not said who the card belongs to. A lot of people think it was Gabby's debit card, and he was probably using it for gas and food on his way home, but they do have a warrant out for his arrest because he was using that unauthorized. So at least if they do find him, they can immediately take him into custody and obviously put those charges on him, and keep him as long as possible for those charges, and hopefully he will talk about Gabby and what happened there whenever he's being questioned on that. A lot of people also have theories that maybe he went out to this reserve to kill himself, or he's just on the run and he's not in this reserve at all. I am hoping that he's in the reserve so that the police can find him, And I'm hoping that they're not just searching the reserve for this long based off of only the parents' words that he was there, because that's basically the only evidence that he was there. I'm hoping that they did find stuff in their search of the home that is keeping them there, probably evidence that they don't want to share with the public. So basically my idea on it is the reason why they've been searching in this reserve for him so long is they probably have more evidence than we think about him being there. They probably have more evidence than just his parents' word that that's where he went because they could have easily said this is where he went to try to throw the police off knowing that he went on the run. So I am thinking that through their searches and stuff, they probably found some more evidence to suggest that he is in the Carlton Reserve and hopefully they will find him there or hopefully they will find evidence to show where he is and bring him to justice and just praying that he will speak on the case and not just be silent like he has been being. But that is the story and prayers for Gabby's family. They said that the funeral is supposed to be held this weekend in New York and I know a lot of people are grieving her loss. Even people that didn't know her have been greatly affected by this case. So again, prayers and condolences for the Petito family and 
that is about it for this case. So now we'll get on to a much lighter subject of this week's crochet pattern. So this week's crochet pattern is the Happy Cold Cup Cozy Crochet Pattern by Cozy Cotton Wood on Instagram and Etsy. So this pattern is good for cold cups. You put it around a cup, you know, to hold on to it so your hands don't freeze because I know that happens to me. And it is really good for markets because it works up really quickly. So if you're another crocheter and you're wanting items to sell at craft fairs and markets, then this is a good idea for you. And yeah, it is a super cute pattern. So if you guys want to check it out, the best way is probably just to go to my Instagram at Crime and Crochet. There you can find a picture of the pattern as well as I always link to the pattern and to the person's Instagram account as well as you can see pictures from this case. So there'll be a picture of Gabby and a picture of Brian as well as my sources are also all listed in one place on that post. So again, at Crime and Crochet on Instagram if you guys are interested in that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Crime and Crochet. I hope you have enjoyed. If you did, the best way you can help me out is leaving a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you guys want to check out more information, such as the crochet pattern I shouted out in this episode, the case, my sources, and more information on the podcast, you can check out at Crime and Crochet on Instagram. And if you want some more crime and crochet related content, you can also check out the Reddit page that I started for the podcast, r slash crime and crochet. With that, I hope you guys will tune in to the next episode next Saturday of Crime and Crochet. And make sure that you are staying safe out there so you don't become one of these victims that we talk about each week. And with that, goodbye y'all.